The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host, Rydicat. You can find me at uh, Rydicat on Twitter. You can find me at Newsnet's Needle Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. And knowing is half the battle. And it's just me tonight uh, because Agent 70 is winding down from being embraced by the, the Comic-Cons of the New York variety. So, and I've been kind of doing some things all weekend. Um, otherwise, I would have probably had this show Saturday, uh, Friday or Saturday, um, which is a Sunday, by the way, if, you, if you're keeping track of that and you can find this here podcast on the coastal podcast network that's espn.us do it today i need to probably can that that would be cool i should do that or grab it anyway um you can also find us on your podcast personal place of choice whether it be google play apple itunes like apple podcasts spotify or the coastal podcast network's soundcloud page uh, you could also find us normally recording every Thursday night, which if you are hearing this uh, any other time outside of the Sunday that this is being recorded or after the Sunday that this is being recorded, there is going to probably be one very much shortly, if not probably already upon us. Because, yeah, we're, as far as I know, we are going to um, record on our normal Thursday for the next show. And which will be the uh, well will be Agent Seventy's um, New York Comic Con uh, journey outing recap what what have you we may or may not have I need to, I should should have probably asked about that uh, may or may not have a friend of the show Matt Wang ninety seven on the show also then um, but you know stay tuned for that when that happens uh, probably most likely next Thursday. Uh, we are going to do something a little bit different, like I said, um, or at least after this next segment, because the first segment, um, after I keep, after I remember to keep a track of the time on that front, we're going to do a spoiler free slash light uh, recap of Loki season two, episode two, and I and it's very much going to be brief because I watched it the Thursday it came out, and I ne- did not watch it again. And I at this point I have totally forgotten what half of what happened. I have a recap on me, but I'm not even gonna like word for word that one. So 
Loki, season two, episode two. Um, it's called Breaking Brad, which if you have been a member of Giant Bomb, uh, the, the site Giant Bomb for any particular um, uh, length of time, you will probably find that that um, that name slightly funny. Obviously, it's also a take on Breaking Bad. So, you know, your, your touch tone will be uh what it is loki is great uh it hit the ground run it is it actually is um it was you know first season w- was pretty great i'm just kind of you know um i was kind of happy to that anyway like i said um loki season two episode two breaking brad not bad and there was a whole lot of i don't want to say there's a whole lot of capital a acting being done oh wait actually i'm sorry benji uh the new goosebump show is also really good so Goosebumps is a thing that was kind of after my time because I'm old and uh, not saying that I have not heard of it because I have and I have seen I did see that on Disney Plus, but I was like, eh, I'm not gonna watch it because it's not, you know, it's, it's for the younger crowd <laughs> or the, the ones who grew up with it. But I and I haven't heard any actually thing from those that are of the age. Actually, I don't know. I haven't been on Twitter in the last couple of days also. So oh, I have, but I haven't, haven't. Um, so I don't know the, the folks that I know outside of yourself that would be interested in the show, which I did not know that you were interested in that show. Uh, I haven't seen anything about it, so I am going to be actually looking for some reactions from those people just out of curiosity. Um, because yeah. And actually since night boss one want to do that there you go i have to do it myself tell you don't get no respect even when i'm the only one here uh yeah yeah so yeah um that's good to know about the good goosebumps thing though i don't know i don't like justin long too much so that's but from what i saw of that trailer like yeah that's a part he could probably play (laughs) he looks like that type of dude i don't know that's probably wrong for me to say um the storyline is quite adult. It's about a murder cover-up and theft. Yeah, like I said, I saw, I saw the trailer for it, and I saw um, who was in it. And I was like, okay, there's some partial interest, but also, yeah, but not really. And I'm not really a big... Weirdly enough, I grew up watching a whole lot of um, horror movies and, and, and whatnot. Like, pretty much almost everything. I watched a whole lot of it, a lot of things. But my taste for watching anything horror these days is non-existent. Probably close to suspense, I, I, I would get to, but anything that that, that teaches on hard work, not, you know, not so much. So that's just, I don't know, maybe that was me just growing up, or maybe just I don't know, I'm tired of being scared of shit. <laughs> more, even more than I already probably am, that I know I am, actually. So I figured, but I'm just going to play for her in now. Yeah, like, I, you know, don't get me wrong, those who still do, you know what, more power, bless them. <laughs> more power to him bless him that's all i can say although if i can although there was this one that i saw probably a while back and that's probably one of the last ones i saw called the triangle it was dumb but you're 41 okay so yeah yeah so we're 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 all in the same <laughs> we're in the same bracket i guess if you i guess if you want to put that i'm 50 so you know <laughs> But, um, 
Goosebumps was happening just as up. Yeah, yeah. So you are of the age. Yeah. So because yeah, because that whole Goosebumps thing was like right after me. Um, like, I think. Well, me personally, I had choose your own adventures and shit like that. So you know, and then Goosebumps kind of came a little bit later. Um. So there was that. But um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, like I said, more power to him. The, the, but the, the 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 triangle. That's what I'm talking about. The the movie called the triangle. It was like I said, it's a dumb low budget movie, but it was probably funnier than it had any right to be for some for what it was supposed to be, which was a horror slash suspense stuff. If you find it out there, watch it if you if you feel like it. Um, I know that's a ringing endorsement, but it is what it is. Anywho, uh, back on track to Loki season two, really, really quick. Um, so there was a lot of acting going on here, which was some very good acting, by the way. You know, the the um, the beginning was kind of a, a chasing, uh, and Loki actually being able to actually be Loki in in the fact that you know, uh, you know, doing magic, doing um. Uh, duplications and all that kind of good mess. You know the Loki, the Loki stuff that we have seen them in the past. We haven't seen him do that. There was even a mention, uh, actually, later on in the show of um, the Avengers, which was kind of uh, amusing. Uh, you know, in, in relation to the character, so uh, we got a reunion. So, uh, spoiler alert: Sylvie's back in the picture, which which she's never left realistically. Um, and if you've seen the trailer for the show, you know, she was working, you've seen her like working at McDonald's or something like that. And we kind of get the, well, the end of last week's show pretty much, um, gave us what that was about. And now we, uh, get into it fully here, uh, in relation to everything else that is going on, uh, in the show. You know, with the the TVA and disarray, and uh, you know, Kang possibly looming looming in around. Um, still, you know, I feel like some of that stuff is in the future is kind of up in the air based on, you know, uh, behind the scenes stuff with uh, with uh, Jonathan Majors. But I don't know. I, all of this, whatever happened with this show was before, well, I guess was in the midst of that all was already halfway done through all of that. So don't know if they've had to change anything or not. Regardless, we still didn't get any of him this way with the, well, yeah, much of him anyway. So it kind of doesn't matter one way or another. Uh, but yeah, we got a reunion. We got a little, we got some, a couple of good bits of action. We got, um, B thirteen out of uh, out of her normal costume, looking very good in and or out. By the way, I I, I love uh, woman Masako uh, Masaku, so she's she's a she's a very attractive woman. I will, personally, I'm just going to say so. Anywho, actually, it's funny because the the when the first time you see her, it kind of uh, to me reminded me of when she was in had a bit part in uh, blinking and you missed part of Justice League. So it was kind of funny. Um, but regardless, uh, there was another hunter that they uh, ended up going after, which I'm not sure how that even going on because we saw this hunter in the previous episode in the TVA, and all of a sudden, boom, we're chasing this dude because of things, um, and he's got some pertinent information, 
and that's part of pretty much half the um well part of the information that has to do with Syl- sylvie and like which leads into that whole part and uh i guess that's the, the only better story it's been a few days folks um so like i said spoilers i probably should have rang the spoiler bell um normally agent 70 would have done that and there we go a little late i will probably have put that in post so you'll probably be hearing that again <laughs> in the audio section so this is going to be a grand show tonight folks but yeah some it, it was a pretty good episode i i would say like so for a six episode show they got a lot to put in uh and it doesn't i safely say it's safe to say that it doesn't disappoint there is one thing that does i will spoil in the show happen uh there is a scene between um loki and mobius that is set in the tva's i guess cafeteria which is an automat and if you don't know what automat is look it up um it's basically like a cafeteria where where they have a bunch of drawers with food in them and you can go get your food and get the food out of said drawers and go sit down and eat. So back in the like 30s, 40s or something like that, I can't remember how old it was. But as a person who has never actually, well, actually they, there might have been something close to it still when I was coming up, but not really. Like I'm not that old. Um, but... Uh, I have always had a fascination with automats for some stupid reason. Um, and I would, and I would say, bring them back. And I say, bring them back with like, I've ever had them, you know, like I've ever had them. Although I feel like, like I said, there was probably one place that was kind of close that I remember having that was around here. Um, but yeah, I don't like said, those, those things were like kind of long gone when I was, when I uh, was born mostly. So that was my thing. Uh, and, and a very, very green ass key lime pie, which is like I'm from the South. Key lime pie is pretty much prevalent. Ain't no key lime pie that damn um, green. That that was a whole ass lot of green dye for that uh, for that pie. And I'm not even the biggest uh, key lime pie fan, but I know better. <laughs> I am just I am just saying that's crazy. Anyway, um. So yeah, blah blah blah. Thing I'm saying blah blah blah. This is not that's a um, lot of a lot more Obi um, doing some things. Which there's a revelation later on with him and um, uh, another one of the characters. I want to call him Rutherford so bad because I know this character from because I know the character of Casey from Lower Decks at this point in time, but. That's my only other touchstone with that. With this, um, I have watched a good place. I know he was in that, but I don't think I watched to the point to where he comes in on that yet. Which I need to go back to that show. Um, so, but there's the interaction between them. It's like, yeah, those, he's just as nerdy. Uh, Casey is just as nerdy on this show as Rutherford is on Lower Decks, and it's kind of and it's kind of the it's it's kind of cool. <laughs> it's kind of funny also. So anyway. Um, all I had to say was that this, and I'm looking at this Vulture article, which I probably should put in the um, um, the, the, the some stuff they're touching on. It's like that's kind of funny. Um, 
in in the speculation department. But I will will not rem- I will not put that uh, out there because I'm pretty sure it's out there anyway. But yeah, like I said, Loki season two. I've said way too much and too little uh, at this point in time um, about the show. But it's good. We may probably. You know, AJ7 will be back uh, next week and we'll probably be talking about his uh, thoughts on this episode and the next episode, uh, which is uh, episode three, which is that going to be the halfway point of uh, season two, which is also kind of sad because, like, boy, it would be nice if the show was a little bit longer in length to give it some breathing room, but also know that. I there are people with very short attention spans out there who rake my nerves. Like, why is it not getting to the action? Why is it not da, 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 da? so? I don't know if, if the the intention of the show is to like keep it, you know, kind of kind of keep it pushing. Um, because so far it hasn't had any wasted space, so that's great. Uh, but yeah, if, if that is the reason, I guess. But me, like I. The journey has been pretty good so far, and I and I appreciate it for what it is, you know. So, that being said, like I said, may may revisit season, uh, episode two next week when we talk about episode three. Um, but you know, it was it was a good episode. That's 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 all you need to know. If you haven't seen it by now, uh, again, this is Sunday when I'm recording this, and I don't know what to tell you. And I hope I didn't spoil anything. I don't think I said anything that was too spoilerish. So, because I heard a lot of things, I didn't say anything. I I can I know myself enough to where I can say that that I can safely say that. That being said, we're going to move on. And like I said um, earlier, while I was muted, and I probably said it again, we're going to do other things just a slight bit differently tonight. Um, as I set that up, I. We're going to kick it just a little old school. So, and I say that because, uh, so some of folks may or may not know the, the early days of comic book chronicles. Well, one, the early days I wasn't in the picture. First of all, uh, it started off with, uh, the founder of the show, Tim dog 98, um, who was actually doing the show solo. So the so solo thing is not a, not a new thing. Uh, I think, a couple of us have. I know Tim's done solo shows. I've done to- some solo shows. Dirt has done a couple of solos. I don't think Agent Seventy has, uh, for whatever reason. So you know, um, there is that. Secondly, so that's our. So if that wasn't enough, we used to kind of have a little different rotation in the way things go. In that we would do news first, then do books, and that's what we're going to do now. Um, as I set up to go into, uh, shit. Mm, I'm so sorry, folks. Where the hell did I put it? The news! Okay, um, my thing. <laughs> that wasn't a remix. That thing, the thing got stuck. Like the program got stuck for a second. That was absolutely weird. Um, cinematic news, folks. Um, 
first up, uh, actually, yes, first up, and this is very sad news, which actually goes along kind of sort of with, uh, I guess the synergy is there. Um, rest in peace to Shauna Tripsik, costume designer for pretty much mo- the most, uh, I think, all of the current um, uh, Star Wars shows, actually. the the This article lists Mandalorian Ahsoka. Um, I believe she was also on the Book of Boba Fett. And um, Obi-Wan and whatnot. But because I know I've seen her name a few different times. I don't remember if she done it, did any um, Marvel things, but I know she was on the Star Wars uh, stuff. Uh, yep. So she did. Yeah. She. So it looks like, uh, according to this article, she was a hardcore uh, Star Wars fan. She first joined the, the franchise during season two of The Mandalorian, went to work on Book 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 Boba Fett, Boba Fett, and most recently Ahsoka. So yeah. Um. Uh, she was, looks like she was 56, uh, and says here that she was one of Hollywood's preeminent sci-fi, uh, costume designers, uh, creative force, a trusted collaborator, and all-around delightful person, and this is from, oh, the Costume Design Guild, uh, who confirmed, uh, her death. She was 56 when she died, which is, you know, you know, sad all the way around. Um, it doesn't, I don't think this says, uh, what, yeah, I don't, it doesn't say here what, uh, what was the cause of death, just says that, uh, she passed away unexpectedly, which, you know, that's most deaths, uh, but apparently she was, according to the article, she was well-liked, and, uh, so, um, yeah, condolences to uh, uh, the the family and friends of uh, Shauna Tripsik. Also, I'm just going to mention here, um, and thankfully, well, not thankfully, but Friday also has a thing. Recipes to Suzanne Summers. If you are of a certain vintage, you know that name for either one of two reasons. Three's Company, which is pretty much uh, what she's, mostly what she's known for, if you're of a certain vintage. And, well, Step by Step, I forgot, I totally forgot about Step by Step, because the, the, the younger crowd with the, the, the Friday uh, shows, totally forgot about that. And if you're in the middle of that, the Thighmaster. Uh, look up the Thighmaster if you don't know what that is. But, yeah. Uh, I am of the Three's Company uh, crowd, because I'm, again, old. Um, so I remember her being on a whole lot of posters around that time. You know, because it was a very attractive lady. Um, you know, even up until her death. So, uh, but yeah, uh, rest in peace. And uh, uh, from not, she, I know she's had a long bout with cancer, which, if I'm not mistaken, was uh, um, was the cause of death. She, yeah, she survived an aggressive form of breast cancer for over 23 years, uh, according to this article. Uh, before it looks like it finally took her. Um, and I'm just going to say once again, fuck cancer. So, uh, yeah. 
moving right along because you know it's kind of hard to transition from that. Um, Hollywood Writers Union, the Hollywood, yeah, excuse me, the Writers Union ratifies its new contract with Hollywood and TV studios. So yeah, the writer strike is still, it's uh, I guess winding down and they're starting to get back to get back to business. They're still ironing out things at this point, but it, I have seen some productions kind of. Uh, getting back to business, as it were. And no, I'm not going to sing that song from uh, Moana, um, which is, again, uh, a movie I've not seen, but I keep hearing, but I know people who keep singing that song. Uh, but it says here that... Uh, uh, the quote is through solidarity and their determination. We have ratified a contract with meaningful gains and protections for writers in every sector of our combined membership, uh, said WGA West, uh, president Meredith Stein. I think that's how I pronounce their name. My apologies if that is not right. Together. We were able to accomplish what many said was impossible only six months ago. And it has been uh, wait. It was almost, it has almost been six months. Uh, the strike one because I was looking for like five months or a little under five months uh, for this for this strike. So now, granted, I don't watch a whole whole lot of TV, but it was sorely you know things were sorely missed because the last time we had a writer strike, a whole hell of a lot of um, reality TV happened and it's still happening and ugh, I hate it. I hate it with a passion. I really really do. And it's and they started doing that same bullshit again. Uh, so anywho's, um, hopefully writers can get back to work soon and get paid for what they're doing. Uh, and, uh, but, and I know we also have another pending video game, which is also another reason why I'm slightly delaying streaming on, um, uh, uh, Combo Chronicles Twitch channel because that there is a potential strike happening, uh, being hashed out or may or may not be happening on the video game front for similar reasons uh, with similar people, actually. Uh, that being the Writers uh, Guild, the SAG after the Writers Guild. So we're still kind of waiting to see how that's working out, or I need to look into what's going on with that. Uh, but I haven't seen anything saying that strike has happened so far. But um, we'll keep it posted, I guess. Uh, damn UCBR, I hate to do this, but now I'm going to have to. Aubrey Plaza's new MCU character has been confirmed. We know Miss Plaza is going to, in addition to voicing her uh, character in uh, um, uh, the upcoming uh, um, I'm blanking. Um, Scott Pilgrim anime. Thing. Thank you, Brain start working she's going to be in uh that um hang on did they change the name of that agatha show or did this article get it wrong i had to mind you that was muted i mean that was um that's that should not have happened because yeah, this is why I don't let. You know what? That's a whole diatribe. I'm not going to get into it. And also, this shit's got to fucking go. Um, you know what? Fuck it. Yes, this is. Whatever. I'm probably going to stop using uh, CBR anyway. So yeah, Aubrey Plaza's um, characters have been confirmed. 
uh, for uh, the Agatha series. Um, let's see if I did right and and put it in the article. Hey, you get to see the sheet, folks. Some, you shouldn't be seeing the sheet, but here you go. Um, so yeah, these next three are actually from the same thing that um, that places are kind of taken from. So apparently, there was a U.S. copyright listing uh, from from Marvel Studios for some characters. I don't know how and why that happens, but hey, go go figure. Um, but uh, she will be playing the role of Rio Vidal. Uh, in um, in that Agatha show, which I think is called The Coven of Madness or something like that. I can't remember what the name of the show is, and I'm not going back to that article. Uh, following that, Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, who y'all know as I, which uh, a character I can't stand, um, is uh, going to be in Disney Plus's uh, Ironheart uh, show when that ever happens, because as we know previously, that has been taken off the book, off the uh, schedule for some reason. Oh, did that thing start already? Oh, I'm going to have um, to look at this. Um, and probably talk to Agent 70 about that whole uh, that, uh, thing. But in who's... So, yeah, like I said, the copyright office got a, got a, got a listing from um, got Marvel Studios. And apparently, Cohen's is portraying a character tentatively named Mystery Man. Not to be confused with the movie, likely. Um, and according to this article, which is for stirring up that whole Mephisto thing again, um, which, I mean, I guess there's... Sh- from what I remember from Ironheart's books, yeah, I guess there was. I thought that was Blackheart, though, regardless. So maybe he's playing Blackheart? I don't know. But regardless, yeah, there's rumors of him being in the MCU uh, and uh, attached to that show for a while, so I, I guess. Um, and to round uh, that, uh, the copyright news off, uh, and for the show, in as, as uh, in the case, uh, Alden Einrich or Enrich, Erdenreich, um, Erdenreich, I think is what his name is. Basically, young Han Solo. Y'all, if you don't, if you didn't already know, uh, and I apologize for pushing names. I hate people, uh, names being butchered. You can't butcher mine because it's too easy. If you can, it's crazy. Um, apparently, young Solo is going to be an on your heart playing. Uh, according to this article, a new character thanks to the same copyright uh, filing that we've been talking about for the last couple of uh, articles. Uh, and they even put the thing, they even put the, the whole snippet in here. That's crazy. Um, Joe McGillicuddy, a character that's both original to the series and the wider. Yeah. I don't know that name from, from, from comics. So McGillicuddy, I'm like, wait, is he playing Lucille Ball's Lucille's uh, brother or something? You know, I'm sure that would kill if you're like over 60, um, you know, but. Um, yeah, I don't know if that holds out, then. As this article says, like, yeah, dude would have probably been a shoe in for like a young stain like Obadiah's son or something. Um, 
you know, I, I'm still, that, that's where my money would probably get. Cause the look, he, cause he kind of has that look. So if that doesn't happen and whoever this Joe McKillagutty ends up being, that's not a stain, then I don't know what to tell you on that. So go figure. Anywho. Oh, actually, I need to, I'm going to pop that in here somewhere because I don't remember if I put that in. Uh, but if I get to the end of this section and we'll see what happens. All right, folks, Marvel is already rebooting its upcoming Daredevil Disney Plus reboot, apparently. So I've been seeing hubbub about this. I don't know how much is uh, going on with this. But according to this article, which cites the Hollywood Reporter, Marvel has uh Parted ways with former Daredevil Born Again head writer Chris Ord and Matt Corman after determining that the two's duo, the duo's vision for the series wasn't in line with its own. So basically creative differences, as they say in the biz. Though, quote, fewer than half of the series' 18 episodes were shot in late September. That was all Kevin Feige and other member of uh, Marvel's Top Brass needed to see of... Uh, the more straightforward legal procedure before choosing to pump the brakes and uh, going back to square one, beginning at the search. Wow. That's, I don't know if the, what's the case for that, but it's like, there was like, yeah, we got to scrap all of this. If that's the case, uh, Ord and Corman will be still listed as executive producers. Cause you know, they don't want, they don't want that lawsuit smoke, I guess. I don't know. Uh, which will feature, quote, some scenes and episodes to pair wrote. So I guess they're not scrapping everything. Uh, but in addition to releasing all of the directors who were previously attached to Helm Unshot episodes from the uh, specific episodic project, Marvel is also reporting, reportedly planning to overhaul this entire approach to producing serialized television. So, yeah, so this has been some some scuttlebutt that's been going around the last couple of days. Was that basically, uh they're pumping the brakes and rethinking how they're doing the, the, the shows going forward. Uh, so I've been hearing that um, a good bit lately. We'll see what happens with that. Does it need an, um, an, up, uh, an overhaul? Probably. You know, because there has been some stuff that's like, oh, great, this is a great idea, but really didn't do anything. So what's the, what was the point of it? Um... There was a little bit of that. There's a little bit of that coming from me personally. Um, I too am dying to know who who uh, bought a new Wii U <laughs> recently. That's crazy. Anywho, um, so yeah, we'll see how that goes, I'm sh- and I'm sure there'll be no more news about that uh, going forward. Um. Which may or may not have anything to do with, you know, where things are. Because obviously we know, um, well, Loki's out now. Uh, Marvel, the Marvels is a movie, so that's coming out. Uh, I totally forgot what else is still... I know they push up stuff to the next year, and Ironheart got taken off the schedule. Um, so whether that has to do with that, this or not, we don't know. We shall see, but I do hope Iron Heart ends up still happening. Uh, Fantastic Four update: the the casting will be announced after the writer strike, or excuse me, after the after strike, and filming will start in 2024. So, uh, in a recent uh, interview with Collider, 
uh, director Mike Sheckman said that the four actors who will portray Marvel's Force family in the uh, reboot will officially be announced once it, once the uh, SAG AFTRA uh, strike ends, which that is winding down, sounds like. So we will probably get it. I don't know in the next month or two, I guess. That's yeah. And of course, it, this article mentions the rumors that's been circulating around about who may or may not be casted as who is in what's. So yeah, probably by the end of this year, we may hear something official. Don't know. We'll see. Uh, and apparently, it's, I guess it's still on track for when it's going to be released next year. Speaking of being re- things that are going to be released, I hope, uh, folks, uh, you got your tickets for the Marvels, which I've mentioned previously, because tickets are on sale. I have my tickets already. Or I have my tickets already, actually. Because, um, yeah, I think I'm, as far as I know, it's going to be just me. Uh, because I think wife's going to be working, and I don't know if she really cares about the, any of this part of the Marvel Universe or not. But regardless, there is a trailer. I didn't watch it. That came along with um, the announcement of the ticket sales. Um, these, you, If you're watching the video version, you can see the IMAX poster here of the ladies. Uh, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing this movie, honestly, to seeing how this whole thing kind of comes together and also get to see, you know, um, Tiana Paris's uh, Monica Rambeau again, always great. Ding. Um, and apparently, yeah, this goes through all of the the, the folks uh, that are involved, including the, the the three main ladies. So yeah, uh, tickets on sale. Catch it. Uh, now we kind of move it a little bit to some Buffy news of all places. So apparently Amber Benson of, um, of, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Y'all know, you remember her as Tara that way too stupidly. Um, uh, is bringing the band back together in a sense. So apparently there's a new audible original called Slayer's a Buffy verse story, uh, of which her and a few other actors from the series, um, um, take up voices for. So that's pretty cool. Apparently, uh, according to this article, this was a started a thing that was starting before COVID. Um, uh, Benson was calling around to her co star to see who might be involved, uh, with her and Copen, uh, Christopher Golden's book or, or, or drama rather. So, she ended up getting um, uh, James Marsters, Charisma, Charisma Carpenter, uh, Juliet Landau, Drusilla, uh, Emma Caulfield, Danny Strong, Charles Cleary, and Anthony Stewart Head. Um, all are along for the ride, apparently. And it looks as though. Uh, so, yeah, this uh, it's a new Slayer. That's not Buffy. Uh, it takes place in 2013. Uh, so it's after the show ended. Uh, James Marsden's back to Spike and, and narrates. Um, it has to do with this new this new Slayer looking for a new Watcher and um, a parallel universe where 
uh, some Buffy folks uh, end up uh, coming along. So that sounds cool, and it sounds like uh, oh, apparently it is out now. So October twelfth is when uh, that thing. So if you are a fan of Buffy, the Vampire Slayer, the series, uh, probably less so the person that's behind it for good and obvious reasons. Um, you can check that out. So, and there's an article here with, uh, Amber Benson and, uh, actually it looks like James Marston and a couple other people, uh, in here. So yeah, check that out. It's called, uh, Slayers of Buffyverse story on audible. So yeah, next up, uh, got another Amber, uh, sighting here. Uh, this is a report. So this has been reported for a good minute, uh, along with some other stuff uh, surrounding Aquaman two, uh, of which some of which I'm not going to report. And I almost didn't put this in, but according to Variety, um, sounds like uh, a couple of Amber Heard's uh, scenes for Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom uh, have been cut. But again, we've been hearing that kind of scuttlebutt for a good minute. Um, I think there was also hubbub about uh, Jason Momoa possibly being drunk on set or something. I don't know. Like I said, a lot of stuff I'm trying to give too much credit to, and I'm not sure why I even brought this one up, but okay. Um, it is what it is uh, for that. Um, speaking of something that I was alluding to internally for myself... Uh, Monarch Legacy of Monsters poster has been released ahead of the Apple TV Plus premiere, which I believe uh, is out now, if not soon. Uh, for folks that don't know, that is... Oh, uh, yeah, okay, so it's not out yet. Okay, so I just saw some reviews on something that's not out yet. So I'm just going to delete that. There we go. Um, so Monarch Legacy of Monsters, that's the, uh, Kurt and Wyatt Russell led, um, uh, um, series in the Godzilla verse, as I'm going to just call it for the time, the time being, it's probably called the Monarch verse or the legendary verse. I don't know, but, um, regardless, there's a poster for the series that's going to premiere on November 17th on Apple TV plus. Uh, two episodes actually are going to premiere on Friday, November 17th with one episode releasing every Friday through June, January 12th. Uh, after that, I slightly curious about it. Okay. We'll get to that in a second. Um, slightly curious about that. I probably will not have Apple TV plus around the time. Nope. Uh, that's a lie. By the time it finishes, I will not have Apple TV plus Let's put it that way. So, We'll see how that works out. Uh, next up, though. Uh, what the heck is that? Okay. Um, New York Comic Con gives us a new look at a few clones in Orphan Black Echoes, which is the Christian Ritter-led uh, Orphan Black series. So for those who may or may not know, Orphan Black was the series that gave us um, Tatiana Maslany. Um and, and all the characters that she did. And apparently for this, uh, I want to call this OVA, but uh, that's, that's a, that's a uh, anime term, but, uh, um, 
But Kristen Ritter is, uh, is, is heading up this one, and I guess she's going to be doing a similar thing that uh, Ms. Maslany did in voice and in, uh, not voicing, um, taking up a few characters because she's going to be a clone and the whole thing is surrounding clones. So, um, and apparently it's going to have 10 episodes in the first series and it's going to be on AMC plus in 2024. Don't know how many people are going to end up having that as a thing, but Hey, and apparently, according to this article, that um, there's going to be a time jump from the original series, which I guess kind of makes sense, uh, and that the spinoff is going to be a very different show, according to this quote in this article. So, yeah, I did not finish the whole of Orphan Black, but from what I saw, I don't. I almost actually, I've been looking for the uh, the physical version for it, so, so I can actually finish it up. Because from what I saw, it was actually pretty good. Um, like I said, Tatiana Maslany was great, uh, in, in, from, you know, from what I saw, uh, oh, here we go again. Um, so Star Trek, uh, Prodigy got canceled. We talked about that previously. Um, and apparently it's been picked up now. It was canceled on Paramount plus, which pretty much is the home of Star Trek at this point. So that is strange in itself. It's new home is going to be Netflix from what I saw, at least the first season and the first and second season of the show is going to be, it's a, uh, is new home. Did I, did I have that right? Uh, so yes, yeah, a Paramount plus a Nickelodeon show from 2021. Uh, yeah, it was, removed from Paramount Plus in in June of this year and yes will debut on Netflix later this year followed by the second season's release on the platform next year in 2024 so that's kind of weird and crazy but hey um I don't know I had never watched the show so I don't know I I heard decent things about it from online scuttlebutt so and Jane was was involved, so that's you know a plus one way one way or the shape of an, or another. But yeah, uh, and now we get into <clears throat> excuse me the anime corner. <laughs> With uh, get away from that. Some I don't know how to take this news. I said on Twitter I'm probably going to end up watching this. This is probably the first and only one I've watched recently. But not to belabor the point, there's going to be a live action Yu Yu Hakusho, folks. On Netflix. Um, quite soon. Apparently, that one piece uh, did good for them. Uh, apparently. I don't know. I'm not a One Piece fan, nor or, or much live action anime fans. Uh, although... Well, technically, that's not an anime. I was about to say there was a Phoenix Wright um, live action that seemed like it was pretty good. Um, but yeah. So yeah, uh, this was announced a few days ago, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, Yu Yu Hakusho uh, live action show will be arriving on December 14th, according to Netflix. Now I saw this online. I'm like, 
Okay. That's something. Um, I did not know um, the, the, the creator of Yo Yu Hakusho was the same one who brought us Hunter Hunter. Um, that was actually recent news to me, and now I feel compelled to watch Hunter Hunter. Um, what I did know was that they were married to um, <laughs> the, the creator of Sailor Moon, and that's in itself. Is um, as someone said uh, a while ago, that's a power couple there. Um, but yeah, this live action joint, I don't, I don't know. This use case doesn't look bad if you're watching the video version from the picture. I did not watch the trailer teaser trailer uh, that they put out. Um, I may do that just to see how I kind of feel about it going forward to the December 14th, but I'm probably going to end up watching it anyway because I got to know how good and or bad that's going to be. Especially uh, with the core, with who's going to do, who play and voice core bar, because that's going to be something in itself. itself. Um, And apparently, according to this article, there's going to be a One Piece season two that's in the works. Because of course there will be. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Sony's Crunchyroll, which is a thing I'll never get over uh, saying, buys an anime film called you, you Can Leave. Thank you very much. Uh, the Concierge. Um, and apparently it is set to be released by Aniplex in Japan on October 20th, which is a couple of days from now, actually. And the same day that Marvel's uh, Spider-Man 2 comes out, by the way. So... I am definitely not going to finish the, the, the previous two games before that happens. But I guess if, if I stream the thing I'm going to do, hey, we can, get a, we can take a walk through that, through that world. Uh, but uh, Yo, Yo, um, Yoshimi um, Itazu from Welcome to the Ballroom, which is a film that I don't know, directed The Concierge, which is an adaptation of Suchika Nishimura's The Concierge at a... Uh, Hoyokyo, Hakyo, Hakuyu, I so apologize. I I can be better than this, I promise. Department store. The the story follows a trainee concierge named Akino who works at a store that caters exclusively to animals. So you know what a concierge does. You know she'll just be running around fulfilling the wishes of animals. That sounds interesting. I don't know um, if I'll check it out. But it says here that there's a trailer attached to this article. Um, and yes, this article is also reminding you that it's an independently operated uh, joint venture between Amplex and Sony Pictures, which again is a thing that I'll never get over. Uh, looks like it's going to be screened in L.A. on October 20th. First, no word as to when it's actually going to hit uh, Crunchyroll proper, if it does. So, we'll see. <clears throat> Next up, Spy Family, which, you know what? I was so hyped about the second season happening, which is already out there, by the way. And I think the next uh, episode of which... Is probably going to be. Oh, it's probably actually out there. Another thing, it is Sunday after, after all. It's probably out there. I've not watched either. Uh, I've not watched any of it, which I've, because I've been running around the last uh, few days, and I was like, oh, I knew I forgot something until I 
put this article in here. But regardless, um, so the season two got kicked off with celebratory, uh, celebratory artwork. Um, as the season is out, um, you can see the uh, piece of artwork lovingly rendered in this article from Crunchyroll on the video version, which you, you know, sometimes you come check us out on the video version. You'll see me flubbing in real time or, you know, recorded time, I guess. Because I guarantee you the audio for this one is going to be edited. Slightly. Next up. Whoops. Right. Well, Forbes apparently uh, is not working anymore. Or this article got taken down. So let's see what we can do about that. Yep, Forbes is clearly not working. So let's try Crunchyroll. How about that? So I'm going to have to change that um that um article link. In fact, I'll do that now, live for you nice folks. Pink, and I'll remember to do that later. But so, Mobile Seed, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Seed Freedom film is really uh, released its third trailer. Uh, the film is going to hit Japanese theaters on January 26, 2024. I am a relatively decent uh Gundam fan, I do love me some giant mechs. Um, so, and I'm, but I'm not caught up on seed or whatever the, the follow-up to seed was. Um, it was seed something. I think I watched like probably two or three episodes of the first one and said, I will come back to this. Not that it was bad, but it was like, you know what? I was doing a lot. So regardless, um, I said, we've got a film which had a 40 second trailer. There's a typo in this article. Um, and yeah, there's some Gundams down here. And apparently no word as to when this is going to hit Crunchyroll proper. So, yeah. Moving right along. Um oh yes, so I was checking this out earlier today. Um just for giggles, Sony's Crunchyroll, which uh, they love, Friday loves saying that, uh, launches a free 24 hour streaming channel in bid to reach anime curious audiences. And yes, that was air quotes. So now we know, or most of us in the know that's been out here in the streaming fields know that there are a few of these streaming services slash channels out there already, including, you know, some that are, you know, I guess slightly versed in anime, uh, one way, or at least have anime contingencies or, or parts to them. So yeah, you know your your retro crushes and your uh, film rises, and you know your X Y Z filming service or uh, streaming service that has a you know probably has a Roku channel uh, or a Pluto TV channel or two B TV channel or some sort of channel on there. Well, guess what? Crunchyroll's decided to get into the game after uh, a good while. I don't know what took them so long. I guess it, this is them seeing, saying that, hey, 
I guess that's viable. So here we are doing it. So the channel will feature a lineup of older soul shows dubbed in English. Boo. While new and premium anime content will remain on Crunchyroll sub, uh, subscription and ad supported VOD services. Um, series available on the Fast channel. That's F A T F A S T in capital letters. Um, um, Horimiyu, Mia, Wrecking of Kings, Moriarty the Pirate, Psychopaths. I know that's a popular one for for folks. Uh, Code Geese, another one, is a popular one for folks. Sugar Apple Fairy Tale, uh, To Your Eternity, and others. Um, are going to be on the channel, which again is out there already. If you are, um, if, you know, if you're a part of Roku, if you have a Roku uh, TV, it's a part of one of their Roku channels that you can find. Like I said, I just so happened to stumble across it earlier today uh, uh, while I was over at my mom's house, actually. Uh, it says here that the channel's launched on October 11th, so yeah. And the Amazon's Freevee, which is another uh, streaming service, uh, which is basically their prime, you know, their, their prime stuff, but with ads, uh, is going to launch the channel on October 17th, which means that's a couple of days from the recording of this um, show. So that is what, Tuesday? Yes, that is Tuesday. Uh, so, yeah, the channel is a joint collaboration between Crunchyroll and the Corporate Cousin Game Show Network, which is a part of Sony Pictures Entertainment, because Synergy. So yeah, check that out. I think I was watching some show called Plunderers um, that I had, I had never seen before, and apparently they was uh, doing a few episodes of that. Um, and apparently the, the text was like, hey, everybody's life counts, uh, has, everybody's life has a count to it. If it reaches zero, you're going to hell or something. So I'm like, Okay, move right along. <laughs> now, this is some interesting news that I thought Dragon Ball Daima uh, anime is has been revealed and is set for fall 2024. Well, folks, we're going back to the land of young Goku once again. The difference this time is uh, Akira Toriyama is involved. Uh, or at least, wait, let me make sure that's, that's true because I could have sworn. Oh, maybe not. Uh, let's see. So basically, it is it is Kid Goku again, but it is all, or most if not all of the Dragon Ball characters as kids. So I don't know if the same thing that happens at the beginning of Dragon Ball GT, which is not apparently not canon according to Toriyama, um, is going to be the case, or they just reimagined them as kids, like some Muppet Baby situation. Um, so, and I realize some people out there might not even know what Mumpa Babies is. Go look it up. Anyway, it says here that the uh, Dragon Ball Daima is, you know, um, time for the celebration of the 40th anniversary of the original manga. Uh, there's a teaser trailer, which I had not watched yet. Um, Akira Toriyama is credited for the original work as well as the story and character design. So, yes, I guess he is involved in with this one as opposed to GT, <laughs> which he was not. Um, says, oh, there's some mention of Dragon Ball Super, which is, again, I still haven't watched uh, in full yet, so that's, I'm a bad Dragon Ball fan, what can I say? Uh, let's see, let's see. So, yeah, maybe this is reimagining the, 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 the proper Dragon Ball story 
as kids. That's going to be weird. I don't know how to feel about that, honestly. But, you know, I guess, sure. Um, I guess we're not going into the anime corner because of Jujutsu Kaisen, which, I, again, I still haven't watched any uh, season two stuff yet. Uh, we get something for the latest chapter or probably, well, the most recent chapter, I guess, uh, of Jujutsu Kaisen manga, uh, which is chapter 238. And it says here that, oh my goodness, um, Itadori awakens his cursed technique as he biting his arm to do some blood thing. Um... As he's trying to con- control Suzuka's uh, cursed technique, I guess that is the case. If you're up on the manga, you know what they're talking about. I do not, because I've only been watching the uh, the anime, so there is that. Uh, speaking of Jujutsu Kaisen, there is a crossover with the King of Monsters, that is Godzilla, but not in any other form outside of merch. So... Uh, let's see. This actually was from, this is, um, the crossover came to pass on October 13th, which is, um, a few days prior to this, um, this, uh, video being recorded. Uh, let's see. The new line sees Jujutsu Kaisen's heroes side by side with both original iterations of the giant beasts, along with Chibi Godzilla, um, if you're watching the video version, you can see what I'm talking about. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, and according to this article, it doesn't mean that there's going to be any animated crossover or probably manga crossover. Um, but it is that it is a thing. So, wait, who is the crossover? I mean, what is the reason for this? doesn't quite say uh yeah it didn't quite say but regardless hey that's the thing go check it out um spy family creator shares new art of dark anya um so apparently uh tatsuya endo who's the creator of spy family um um uh, <laughs> Hold on, let's see if I can find the picture here. I guess I have to click through. There you go. Going to the Twitters. There we go. There is Goth Aunt Anya uh, by the creator of Spy Family. And I kind of almost want to translate all of this, but I will not. But this is, um, you know, in relation to and in honor of season two um, popping off as it is. So, yeah. Uh, wait, hold on. It mentioned something about the manga also. No, that's it. I think we talked about um, last episode, or we should have, that I think there's going to be a small break for um, for Spy Family because of the creator, and I can't remember why, but regardless... Um, Going back to Dragon Ball Z and getting into some slash toy slash uh, video game corner. Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi leak gives fans an update on a new game. Basically getting people's hopes up. Right, that's what it sounds like to me. So uh, 
apparently Bandai Namco announced back in March that there's going to be uh, a new Budokai Tenkaichi game, video game, um, dubbed or unofficially dubbed Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi 4, um, which, wow, there was three of those. I totally forgot about that. You know, in a world where Dragon Ball Xenoverse is still being updated, in fact, I think they updated it with an event recently that I didn't check out, which is very, it's a good game, by the way. Um, if you're not a fighting game fan and, and, and not playing Fighter Z, but you like Dragon Ball, hey, Xenoverse 2, actually pretty good. So, you know, check that out if you feel like it. But yeah, but apparently there's going to be another straight up Tenkaichi game, and that's funny. Um... So, according to this, don't know much about it outside of rumor. So, uh, and the fact that that is apparently still going to be a thing. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Star Trek Infinite, which is a new 4X game, uh, was just released. And there's a launch trailer and gameplay video, which I'm probably going to need to watch. Um, uh... Uh, it was just released a few days ago prior to this, uh, prior to this show. So it's basically a real time strategy game, but slightly deeper. Um, you are the, one of the four heads of the four major factions of, in the Star Trek universe. Um, and you get to shape what goes on in your territories and maybe possibly take over other folks too, if you've got the wherewithal to do so. Kind of like Civilization, if you've ever played that or one of those type games, but 4X goes, goes a little bit, a little more deeper. I don't, that's, that is my recollection of 4X. I don't think I've ever actually, um, seriously played a 4X game. So, you know, my knowledge of that is probably a little lacking, um, and that's so why I apologize, but I know it's kind of like Civ, but it's just like a little bit more in depth. I'm curious about it because obviously it's Star Trek and I'm a Star Trek fan. So doing Star Trek in 4X, doing a 4X of Star Trek, you know, what? kind of makes sense. So I have not, I know it's 30 bucks at this point. And I know it's made by the people who pretty much do those type of games. So, you know, if you like those type of games and you know, it's probably going to be pretty done. It's just got a Star Trek skin all over it. I would love to see one of those for Star Wars. And I think there probably has been one in the past outside of the couple of uh, hex based games that I can think of, but, um, uh, from the past, but Hey, yeah. So, and from what, from what I saw on Steam, this was getting mixed reviews at first. Uh, so I don't uh, don't know how this is going, but chances are I'm probably going to at the very least check it out. I wish there was a demo, but there is not. Um, according to this uh, description, it is set two decades prior to the era of Star Trek: Next Generation, and uh, let players shape the fate of the galaxy by leading one of the four formidable quadrant powers. Like I said, the Federation, Romulan Empire, Cardassian Union, or the Klingon Empire. Um, and it goes on from there. <clears throat> so yeah, I'm definitely going to check out this video, which is attached to, to this article, uh, to kind of see what is up. But I'm, regardless, I'm probably still going to play it. So it is... That's going to be the thing. If I'm, whether I'm going to stream it or not, that's a whole different story. Probably not going to happen. No, no. Don't want y'all to see me flailing at a 4X game. Because those games already... You need a certain something to make those things interesting to, to stream. Let's just say. And I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say that I have it. 
If you're here this long, I appreciate you. Let's be honest. Uh, Marvel Snap goes Monster Hunter with new season Bloodstone. Of course, uh, 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 also Bloodstone being the uh, the notable one on that. It's got some Blade, got some um, Ghost Rider going on here. Uh, so yes, um, I could have sworn it held. So Bloodstone was already in the Marvel Snap. I haven't played that game in, in a, quite a while. I know people who have come in and shout out to uh, the the homie Tim Dog ninety eight who I was never expecting to play the game, but not only played the game but went infinite. And I'm like, I don't do that. And I play guard games a lot. That's re- crazy. So, um, not saying that's you know not taking away from his skill because you know man's man's got his skills. So, uh, um, actually, I, I popped open uh, DC Doom Force right before the show for, uh, that I need to get back to. That might see some screen time um, because of a video that I'm trying to do. If that comes way, 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 way too late for the for the um, for that sh- the thing to be out. But regardless, um, the season pass for Marvel Snap is uh and also plus some base cards some variant cards some card backs some uh avatars uh rewards the the usual stuff that comes along uh with it and apparently man things also uh wait new series four and five cards including man thing and the black knight um and oh nico minoru werewolf by night uh and apparently oh, okay so there, there's a release date for all of the cards that I just mentioned. Loki has already come out, obviously, in um, you know, attached to Loki season two. Man Thing is also already out uh, as of October 10th as a series four release. Uh, Black Knight, Nico, and Werewolf by Night are coming in actually uh, in the weeks to come, one per week. Uh, Black Black Knight being coming this coming Tuesday, so says here that new series four and five cards. I don't know why I have this headset on since I'm not talking to Agent 70. So I'm going to take this off because it, uh, uh. Um. <laughs> and uh, I would probably need to hear the, the, um, the stuff going off, but hey, we'll see how that works out. <clears throat> anyway, so yeah, uh, this is the, also now things sound very weird and I've had the thing off. So no. So yeah, series four and five cards is, uh, appear in the spotlight cash and in the token shop. As you level up your um, collection level, there'll be spotlight caches. I'm just telling folks for those who may not know, but I feel like anybody playing this game already know this stuff. So <clears throat> cool. I will probably get back into that game because I'm also seeing some of the stuff that they've put into it. Um, yeah, I may have to check that game out again. Sometimes I dip in just to just to to get the coins, the daily coins or whatnot, but whatnot. But uh, not further. Now we get into the comic book news. Um. <clears throat> I probably should actually keep the headphone phones for just that reason. So Marvel Comics has unveiled the final two Ski Chalet uh, variant covers that will adorn its various titles in December, which I don't think we talked about this previously. But basically, um, yeah, Mary Jane Watson, Jessica Drew um, are the last ones to get uh, covers. This looks like a Jake's... uh, 
uh, J. Scott Campbell, but it's not. No, it is. Actually, I was right, because you can very much tell a J. Scott Campbell cover. Uh, and David Nakayama's uh, variant covers. That's J. Scott Campbell's. This is David Nakayama's. They both look quite nice, uh, I dare say. So for Mary Jane and uh, Jessica Drew Spider-Woman, respectively. And that is the thing that is going on in December. I don't know who... Who are the others? The usual would say... <clears throat> Here we go. Um, there's a total of seven Ski Chalet uh, variant covers that were shipped throughout the, the month of December. Uh, there's a previous release, previously revealed Lucas Warneck variant for Thunderbolts number one. Greg Lance variant for Captain America number four. Going to love putting showing that to the Agent 70. Pablo Villanobos' uh, variant for Doctor Strange number 10. Humberto Ramos' variant for Spider-Boy number 2, which I keep forgetting that's a thing. Uh, Russell Dodderman's variant for X-Men 29. Uh, so, as also was uh, announced. So, yeah, we'll probably be seeing some of that stuff coming up. As uh, Sometimes I like to show variant covers when we're talking about books. Excuse me. Um, by the way, I'm going to take this opportunity to say... That, um, so Agent 70 was at New York Comic Con. He'll be back next week to give us a recap. And I'm holding off some of the the, the Marvel news because I've seen a lot of the Marvel news from the whole weekend and some other stuff from the whole week from the weekend. But I'm holding off some of that until next week because I got oh, there was already a lot of um news already. And I wanted to, you know, get Agent 70's take on some of the stuff and see if he actually you know, seen anything from the show. And hopefully if Matt uh, Wang uh, uh, is able to make the show also uh, get his uh, experiences from the show. So, yeah, so some of the show, some of the stuff is going to be from the early part of uh, uh, like Thursday, Friday and some sprinkled Saturday and Sunday stuff might be sprinkled in here, but the rest is going to be for next week. Uh, So if it seems like you didn't talk about this, well, it's probably going to be next week's show. In fact, one of the, I do know one of these is probably going to come back on next week's uh, show if we don't talk about a couple of different things, including the, the hubbub about what's going on in the Ultimate Universe, as we do know that there's going to be uh, the, or what what books is going to be starting off. But like I said, we'll talk about more of that, that next week. Um, oh, and here is the... Um, apparently, I did myself a disservice by putting these in the wrong order. So yeah, that's um, the Ski Chalet... Um, uh, covers that I mentioned already, and I'll just scroll through these because I pretty much talked about all of those. Uh, okay, Storm. I like this X Men one with Storm. That's cool. Some of those are actually, yeah, a couple of them are not bad. I'll leave you to figure out which ones that I that I um <laughs> that I'm appreciative of. Anyways. Chris Claremont is already pitching to be part of Marvel's new X-Men era under Tom Brevoort. Um, so, yeah, apparently, you know, Claremont's got some unfinished um, stories, which we already knew this, but apparently he's got, um, you know, he wants to get back in there and tell some stuff, tell some stories under this new, uh, this new X-Men era. Whatever it may be, which we'll be talking about more of next week, by the way. Because, yeah, there's definitely was news about um, that from New York Comic Con. 
uh, as well. So, quote, I made a pitch to Tom Brevoort, or Claremont said. He's now taking over, I said. Uh, let's sit down, he, uh, he said. I haven't even figured out which desk, this desk is on. Let me do that first. We'll talk. So, apparently, they've been, they've been talking about Now, uh, Tom Brevoort has a Substack, uh, which is basically a newsletter um, uh, that you can, you know, support people with. Um, kind of a la Patreon, I guess, in, in a way. But uh, a few comic creators on there, and Brevoort, Tom Brevoort has one there, and I read his recent one talking about his um, some of his adventures at uh, New York uh, Comic Con. Nothing real in-depth, but basically does mention uh, that they did a re- writer's retreat, that they did a retreat prior to the show and, you know, and talked to some people. And this, I think, article obviously is dated a, a few days or last month, basically. So um, I would imagine by now maybe they have actually talked. We shall see. And see if anything comes across comes of it because I know he said in his new in the Substack that it was like yeah um, they did the retreat and then you know did also have been some meetings at the show or whatnot um, or an a meeting at the show I think or whatnot so we'll see what's 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 going to come from the Brevard era. Uh, Spider Woman twenty ninety nine is a fan redesign of Miguel O'Hara. Uh, that some fan did. Normally, I wouldn't put that stuff here. I would put that in the clickbait section, but it was actually a nice-looking um, redesign. If you're watching the video version, you can see it here, um, almost in the vein also of uh, the most recent uh, Into the Spider-Verse uh, movie, which I'm sure that's probably, um, you know, was, was a touchstone for, for that redesign. I feel fairly confident about that. If it's not, hey, go figure. Um, so, yeah, cool. But you can check that out in the video. I mean, in the uh, show notes. Iman Vellani just introduced a new civil server to Marvel canon, and he has a genius code name, according to this article, <clears throat> which, you know, debatable because, you know, Hyperbole is real in article writing, apparently. I hope to never get to that point of the hyperbole if I ever get my stuff off the ground, but we'll see. So this is uh, spoilers from uh, Miss Marvel, The New Mutant number 2, which has been out for a few weeks now, and I, now that I think about it, still have not read. So I'm not going to go too much further, um, but apparently it's being called Dr. Server for some reason. So we'll see what, what that, I will see what all that about. Uh, when I finally read that story, I'm pretty sure three is about to come out fairly soon. Uh, Incredible Hulk writer teases a mysterious new Marvel monster called Frozen Charlotte. And this is the, um, I have not read any of the recent Hulk book, which I know Agent 7 said is like, it's all right. So I guess he's keeping up with it uh, and kind of uh, take some notes from, um, from Immortal Hulk, which we all liked. So Hey, yeah, that's high praise. Uh, but Philip Kennedy Johnson says that the upcoming ninth issue of his of the Incredible Hulk will introduce a new previously unannounced creature uh, pre- that that I just named to the Marvel universe. "Quote: I will say, by nature, I'm finding myself pulled more in the direction of the new stuff cons- uh, constantly. Like I want to do new monsters," uh, said on some podcast. The one for issues nine and ten, I'm so excited about those. I mean, I can't say 
I'm more excited than I am for the Ghost Water Ghost Rider War Devil thing. That one's very personal to me. But uh, it's called it's called Frozen Charlotte. Now I don't know what this Ghost Rider War Devil thing. I am going to assume that is this Frozen Charlotte thing. Wait, is there is there any? No, there are no pictures. So, um, but yeah, apparently Philip Kennedy Johnson's got some got some things going on in that Hulk book that's going to be coming. Cool. Uh, Jonathan Hickman and Valerio Schiti's new vision for Marvel's cosmo- cosmology continues in God's number two. I need to actually still go back and reread God's number one. So, but yeah, there's a, this article pretty much has covers and a sneak peek in God's number two, which comes out next month. Um, it's a Hickman thing, you know, be prepared to sit down with it. <laughs> if and or when you, if and or when you plan to read it, uh, I will say. It's dealing with magic, so if you enjoy the magic corner of uh, the Marvel Universe, see what uh, Hickman and Skeety are are doing to that. Or if you like uh, Hickman's, um, you know, run-up to Secret Wars, <laughs> uh, I think you, chances are you'll probably like something out of it. And I'm saying that with what limited knowledge of what's going on here, so... Just going off of good graces at this point, folks. Uh, new, so yes, there is a new Marvel Infinity Comics um, for the Avengers 60th anniversary called Adventures, Avengers United. Uh, it is an ongoing series. Uh, matter of fact, going uh, talking again about Brevoort's uh, Substack, he kind of mentions this in that I think he got started under him, but um, the new editor of Avengers is taking up, uh, is going to end up taking over for that. So he only knows so much about this, but um, apparently, uh, let's see. I think it's, this is already out and started and new issues will release every Thursday on Marvel unlimited with, um, the first issue, which I think is probably out there, I had not checked, uh, starting off a 25 issue arc, which is kind of at this day and age, kind of a sad thing to say. It was like, wait, we 25 issue arcs used to be just a thing like like people had whole runs of books for like years before they got off of it. Um As opposed to how things happen now, I kind of miss that. But at the same time, you know, those days weren't all good because sometimes there was some real loopy stuff happens, you know, in, in trying to go from one part to the next. But, you know, it is what it is. As an Avengers fan, I'm probably going to check it out. Um, and I've, if it's similar to the X-Men one that they got going on in there, it's probably going to be fine. Um, from what I remember reading about this, it's going to start off with the current team of uh, Avengers and to kind of go into, I guess, after this um, the 25-issue arc, uh, going to explore other variations of the team or something. I'm not entirely sure what, what, what that was about. But, hey, Earth Midas Heroes getting into some stuff. I love it. So, and that's going to be written by, or at least this first arc is, um, first chapter is going to be written by Derek Landy, who's uh, stuff I've been reading 
lately. I think he was the one on Avengers Beyond, I believe, was was his, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I'm going to say yes. Uh, But we are going to, according to this article from Marvel, of course, uh, let's see, see. You know, the current writer, Jed McKay, is, is is involved with this thing. And Al Ewing, who was doing Avengers, Inc., who um, was there at uh, New York, uh, you know, when they when they talked about this, um, this thing. So cool. And as well as current uh, Marvel. Um, well, excuse me, in, including Tom Brevoort, who was also there, obviously, because it's time to kick this off. So this article also goes into what this article, or first article is about, but I will not. Um, again, um, Marvel Unlimited is a resource, not a sponsor, but if they want to sponsor us, hey, reach out um, uh, to Comic Book Chronicles, Chronicles. I'm just saying. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Marvel, you can reach out. Uh, next up, though, <clears throat> excuse me. Oh, I will probably be talking about this a little bit more when I talk about books, but uh, how Jordan's new green lantern ring has an unexpected power. And I believe this is, well, this is a per a preview for green lantern lantern four. Um, uh, which is, um, I believe what two, oh wait, no, this is the current issue. Wait, is this, how old is this? So yeah, spoilers, well not even spoilers, but yeah, I will be talking about this because um, I read this this week, because this came out this week, um, or this came out last week. I'll check. Anyway, regardless, this is, this is a book that's out right at this point, and yeah, so Hal Jordan's ring is not a standard Green Lantern ring, as I may have intimated before, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, Marvel Jason Aaron, Marvel's Jason, Jason Aaron hops from Avengers to Superman in 2024. So yeah, uh, Jason Aaron's hopping back over to DC for a minute or for a while. I don't know, but he's doing Superman. Uh, let's see. It was announced at Mo, the Metropolis All-Stars panel at New York Comic Con. Uh, let's see. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Philip Kennedy Johnson is, which is kind of funny. Philip Kennedy Johnson, who has been writing action comics, uh, according to this, since 2021, but is now writing stuff from over at Marvel uh, and taking over. Uh, wait, well, no. I was going to say taking over a book that Jason Aaron uh, did, but that's not the book. Uh, but I'm thinking of a book that he's not on. So either way, they're flip flopping. So, yeah, um, Philip Kennedy Johnson is going to wrap up his work in, uh, um, looks like, um, 1060 is going to be his last book. And Jason Aaron's first action comics is going to be 1061 in, uh, January. Then it goes on with a quote from Aaron, uh, blah, 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 action comics. Yes, yes, yes. He's going to be teamed with artist John Timms for a story about Bizarro. Um, so I don't know. Jason Aaron does some, some interesting work, so I don't know if I'll check it out because I'm not the biggest Superman fan, but I do love him in some things. So, you know, may check it out just for uh professional curiosity. 
uh, I Bizarro is uh, is going to be the name of the the, the story. So like I said, there's some artwork and stuff in here if you want to check that out for yourself. Um, in some sad news, other sad news actually, uh, outside of sad news from earlier, Keith Giffen, comic book artist and writer, dies at age seventy. Now. I remember, I I know a little bit about Keith Geffen, or or at least from some of the stuff I read. He's responsible for Jaime Reyes. Um, uh, As you can see here in some Lobo stuff. Uh, The one thing I know know him from, he's also done some Marvel stuff, of course, because that's pretty much what I know him from mostly. But the one thing from the DC side that I know him from was his run on justice league international, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, one particular page where I know has been floating around that has to do with, uh, guy Gardner and Batman. You probably know the one I'm talking about. If, uh, if, if that rings a bell, if you don't, you should check that out. One punch, one punch. Anywho, um, I don't know. Oh, so this is interesting. Uh, So it says here that Giffen's humor endured until the very end. A message breaking the news. um, Thought to have been pre-pinned by Giffen. Oh, okay. Giffen himself appeared on his Facebook page on Thursday morning. And it said, I told him I was sick. Anything not to go to New York Comic Con. Keith Giffen, 1952 uh, 20, uh, to 2023. So it wasn't by him. So never mind. Um, or it was by him. I don't know. And Giffen signed off the message saying, boah, ha, 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 ha. Um, but yeah. Okay. I don't know. So yeah, apparently he had a interesting sense of humor. Um, yeah, in this article, you know, there are people who were, um, you know, laying tributed to him, which I'm pretty sure there were probably some during uh, Comic Con, uh, when the news got around. So, yeah, uh, Calvin and Hobbes creator speaks on his first published work in 28 years. So, apparently, Bill Waterston's uh, uh, releasing a new graphic novel, um called The Mysteries, which was published, uh, I guess, this past week. Um, says it's a mysterious and beautifully illustrated fable about what lies beyond the human understanding. It's written by Waters, Waterson, excuse me. Um, and yeah, that's kind of all we kind of got from it. So yeah, if you're curious to see something that sounds like it's drastically different from Calvin and Hobbes from the creator of Calvin and Hobbes. And you can check that out. Um, and I guess there's a video attached to this, uh, article about, um, about, uh, the book that he's talking in. So there you go. Uh, Tom Hardy teams with writer Scott Snyder for futuristic comic arc bound. So yeah, this is again news from New York Comic Con. Apparently, uh, he was at New York Comic Con. I thought I saw some pictures uh, floating around of him, uh, or at least a picture uh, or two of him uh, floating around from the con. Now, apparently, the book is a 
signing for a 12 issue. He was there for a signing of the 12 issue series, which counts Frank Thierry and Ryan Smallman among the co-creators. Uh, if you're watching the video, you can see, I guess, the uh, the cover. I guess the, the first cover from the book. And... Da, 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 da. Yeah, it says that Hardy and the creative team was at, uh, was at New York for a panel. Uh, again, like I said, it's a 12-issue series that takes place on a, in a future where Earth was a barren wasteland. We're not far from getting there now. And also, that sounds like Starfield. Um, all right, let's see if I have something for that's something for laser later, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if agent 70 saw that, but I did send that to him to see if, um, you know, see if he ran into that or not, but we'll talk, we may or may not talk about that next week. New creator owned, uh, this is, I'm also news from New York. Uh, there's a new creator owned and operated media company called ghost machine, uh, that is launching in 2024. And it's coming from Image Comics, which if you know the history of Image Comics, <laughs> yeah, kind of similar things happened. Basically, a bunch of creators got together, made a, um, uh, made a, made a comic book company. And that, that is the very short straw on what Image was, uh, started off to be, and I guess kind of sort of still is. But um, so the fact that this new thing is coming out of Image is, uh, sure, that makes kind of sense so the names that are the creators that are involved with this uh include jason fabok gary frank brian hitch jeff johns lamont mcgee francis manipold brad Meltzer, peter j tomasi and my uh my apologies if i put you that name again it is an imprint under image comics and the company plans to announce additional ch- uh, talent in the month, month ahead. I guess they're waiting for, you know, folks to finish up their other stuff with other companies because that's kind of how things like that happens. And when that happens, yeah. So, yeah, they were, looks like they were there. Uh, Ghost Machine was at the con all weekend talking. I don't know. Again, we may talk about this next week with Agent 780 because I also sent that to him to, to see if he could see anything about uh uh, any of that stuff on the show, or hey, Matt Wayne might know something about it. I have a strange feeling. <laughs> uh, the ultimate Darkwing Duck team up, which I guess you could say this is the inevitable team up uh, d- that will occur in Justice Ducks, which is a new series um, from Dynamite. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it says here the, from this press release, the all the avian all stars of symbol this December for Justice Ducks, the next incredible chapter in Dynamite's chronicling of Darkwing Duck's beloved adventures. So yeah, basically, what's going on in the, the Darkwing Duck comic book right now is pretty much leading up to this because you know he's been teaming up with very various members of the Justice Ducks. So not a big surprise uh, that this is uh, coming out of that. But it looks like uh, Roger Langridge, who apparently is an Eisner and Harvey Award winning writer and artist, is doing work on this new book. Um, and Carlo Laro, which has been doing art for um, Darkwing Duck, is also returning to, to this. So, cool. We will definitely be talking about this because I've been, you know, anytime Darkwing Duck and uh, anything related. Hell, I've been reading the Cargo Girls book also, actually. So any of that stuff, 
I have been checking out. Um, and I will definitely be checking this out as well. Um, Thundercats, Flintstones, Powerpuff Girls, and more to come in Dynamite Entertainment's. Oh, Jesus. Um, uh, in 2024. So, yeah, uh, more licensed books for Dynamite. That the Thundercats one, I am looking forward to checking out. Honestly, I don't know. Let me see if there's any creative team here uh, for this. And actually, wait a minute. Uh, do, 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 do. Okay, okay. Now I'm feeling good about this. So the Thunder is going to be a Thundercats title from writer Declan Shalvey, artist Drew Moss, Moss, and letters uh, letterer uh, Jeff Eckleberry. So I feel good about that creative team. And I will check it out. Uh, Declan Shalvey, I believe. Well, Declan Shalvey is an artist himself, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and has also been writing uh, Time Before Time. Or co-writing, actually. Excuse me. Time Before Time. So, yep. Um, and I've been kind of liking that book. But this is Thundercats. And I love me some Thundercats. So, yeah. Probably going to check that out. Uh, Thundercats is going to be going to launch in February. You know, this is kind of funny because I think I was watching uh, Toy Galaxy or Secret Galaxy, whatever they're calling it now, about uh, uh, both of the the Thundercat series, past series, um, and the fact that they're always trying to that someone's always trying to bring back Thundercats in some way, shape, or form. So the fact that this this popped up here now, it's kind of amusing. Uh, but the more things, there's more properties that are going to come, including the aforementioned uh, Flintstones, Powerpuff Girls, Space Ghost, which that's weird. So Space Ghost, Johnny Quest, The Wizard of Oz, and We Bear Bears and more are coming under Dynamite. And the, the reason why that is weird... Actually, all of this is weird because all of those are Warner Brothers properties. Warner Brothers, the same company who uh, also owns DC Comics. And also of which Space Ghost and Johnny Quest had a pretty much a line of books like a couple of years ago, which uh, a few years ago at this point, which are actually pretty good. Um, And I wish they had kind of kept that up. It was kind of a Hanna-Barbera kind of a shared universe of, of certain characters. Um, which was great. I, I enjoyed it uh, when they did all of that, and I kind of wish they kept it up, but they did not. So, like I said, the fact that Dynamite is taking these Warner Brothers licenses that, again, DC, Warner Brothers, is, you know, kind of weird. Kind of weird. Um. Also, I didn't know Thundercast was a, D, was a Warner Brothers license, but I guess, sure. Uh, so yeah, look forward to that. I was talking about the me talking about that at the very least. Uh, come February, um, it kind of goes into a little bit of that. Here is the cover for it. Uh, if you're watching the video version, which uh, which is, looks like uh, Lionel uh, looking into the Sword of Omens, asking for sight beyond sight. Um, which yes, I feel like going to um, going back and checking out that 2011 show because. I watched it and it was all right. It wasn't, wasn't, you know, obviously it wasn't the 80s show. 
because uh, they did some things quite different. Uh, but you know, <laughs> I but it wasn't bad. I, I will say that. Um, new image comic The Infernos launches in February 2024 from co-writers Ryan Parrott and Noah Gardner with art by John Pearson. So it says here The Infernos uh, explores themes of legacy, family, power, and the apocalypse. Um, and I guess we'll follow the son of Satan, Abraham Abe Morgenstern, in the month before he dies. So... Okay, that's something. I'm not going to read this whole thing because I'm actually starting to push from time because I've been rambling a good bit already. So, and it, actually, we're at the last uh, news story, so I can kind of rapid fire some books. And I'm slightly excited about this because more Star Trek, uh, especially given what the, the what's been going on in the current books, uh, I'm all right with. Uh, Sons of Star Trek comic to debut debut next spring, and this comes uh, as a four-part miniseries in the aftermath of their blood, which just uh, which just ended uh, like a couple of weeks ago. So from IDW, of course, because that's where the Star Trek license uh, is, uh, and it looks like um, Morgan Hampton, who is writing uh, Cybox. Uh, excuse me, Cyborg, ramble away, pal. Nah, sometimes you got to kind of keep it brief. I appreciate it, though, but sometimes you got to keep it brief because you lose people. Um, you know, and I don't want to get too long, especially with, if this is long, if this is two hours with just me, which it, it has, because I think the other time was, yeah, that's that's not good. Anyway, um, Morgan Hampton's writing and artist uh, Angel Hernandez uh, is, is doing this. And it has to do with if the the name didn't imply anything, um, Ben Cisco's son Jake uh, Alexander, who was a part of Day of Blood, also uh, Worf's son. Um, and according to what this um, what looks to be the cover of, we seem to have Nog uh, a part of this, which is um, Rom's son. DS9. I don't know who this other person clad in red and black. Either that... I thought it was like a young Picard, which could very well be. Because um, it looks to be, as Star Trek tends to do, go into a parallel universe. So... Or this is a, a young version of Q. I don't know. I feel like this might be a young Picard because, the, but I don't know. So as you can see here, so that does definitely look like Q uh, down here. So maybe it's Q's son. I don't know. Or this is a young Q one way or the other. Um, I saw no vi- so no mention of Q, but you know, hey. So it says here that. Um, Jake and Alexander find their stories intertwined as they're thrust into an alternate universe. Again, like I said, where they're following, followed, where they followed their father's footsteps into Starfleet stardom. As officers aboard the USS Burton, I feel like that's probably um, for uh, LeVar Burton, you know, which, you know, get that man his flowers. Jake and Alexander encounter alternate versions of other children of Starfleet legends who show them they uh, all may uh, have a bit more in common than it would seem. 
so yeah, that's what this uh that's what that thing is going to be about. There's a quote here from Morgan uh Morgan Hampton saying, I'm so excited to pour some of that energy back into this world. Uh Star Trek that is. Angel and I are creating a story full of shock, excitement, and wonder led by characters not usually in the spotlight. Fans new and old will find that familiar Trek charm at the heart. It is a dream come true to be able to add a wrinkle in the fabric of this in uh, incredible universe. So cool. Cool, 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 cool. There is some art uh, attached to this. There we go. Alternate uh, reality uniforms uh, for those not watching the video version, which you should sometime, by the way, <laughs> uh, of the characters involved. And uh, yeah, I'm going to check. I will definitely be checking that out for certain. And that, folks, um, is the end of the news section. And I need to pull up the ads, which the one thing I freaking forgot to do before starting this show. Funko, Fun at First Sight, your home for exclusive collectibles, apparel, and other brand merchandise, such as uh, custom DIY pop figures, art books, and skateboards. And now, the listeners of the Combo Chronicles can enjoy 10% off your entire purchase when shopping at Funko. Um, excuse me. <clears throat> to place your order with 10% off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network page at cspn.us, uh, then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. I believe it's at the top right of the page. Um, from there... Scroll down to the Funko link and place your order. When you get to the checkout, put in the offer code SHOP10. That's S-H-O-P-10, all one, uh, all in one, for your 10% off discount. Funko through CSPN.us. Do it today. I heard that even without the... Uh, <laughs> even without... to think and with that we're going to go into rapidly go into the books of the week or at least my books of the week starting off with um i should be keeping a track of time it's a lot to keep track of when you're doing this by yourself love it okay um amazing spider-man number 35 <clears throat> Excuse me. By the way, folks, I'm doing. I, I guess I should have said that I am uh, doing rapid fire. Which I, I'm not going to put the, the sound effect on, even though I have it right there in front of me. I'll put it in post. Uh, this needs to move along. So yeah, the creative team for Amazing Spider-Man uh, number 35 is as follows. I'm actually sliding out of order here, but uh, writer Zeb Wells, art by Patrick Gleason, color artist Marcio Meniz and Eric Arciniega, and letters by VCs Jokaramania. So, according to the flavor text on, I believe, comic list uh, or previews, one of the two, this sets up the next 24 issues of Amazing Spider-Man. Do not miss this. That's their words, not mine. My words would be that, yeah, this translation translates into setting up gang war, which is the event that's uh, definitely going to be going on in the next uh, uh, while. 
Uh, and there is some of that at the beginning of that. And we get a little potential status quo change for a character. Uh, not surprising, probably ob- obvious one, uh, actually, uh, coming out of potentially coming out of this. But we are led to not know that for a fact, even though, come on, you already know. So at this point, um, Peter was jabbed and he's got um, Norman's sins or, you know, and that's been taken care of in this issue. As he tried to go after Mary Jane and Paul, um, you know, there was some intervention, some of some of it being unlikely interventions, by the way, uh, who, who were involved with this. Um, but um, yeah, so that whole part with uh, this whole thing with uh, Peter having uh, Norman sin and acting like spider goblin or whatever you would want to call them is over with. And we're going to push off into gang war proper. Seems sounds like, and yeah, Peter's back to his old suit. So there you go. Next up. Superior Spider-Man returns. Uh, which is a one shot ahead of um I don't know which one of these is the right one. There we go, that's the right one. Um is a one shot ahead of a new superior Spider-Man series, apparently. Uh story by Dan Slott, of course, uh script by Christos Gage, pencil excuse me, by Mark Bagley, Ryan Stegman, Hubunto Ramos, and Giuseppe Camicolo Camicoli. Inks by John Dell and J.P. Mayer and Victor Olazaba. Color artist Edgar Delgado. And letter by VCs Joe Caramagna. So, this is um, pretty much taken up after one of the last couple of issues of Amazing Spider-Man where Art kind of uh, gets uh, defeated by um, Norman and, and Spidey and Vile's Revenge. Well, this is him going off to, uh, I guess, sow the seeds of that revenge, uh, which apparently he does do that. But he does that by flashing back to his time with Superior Spider-Man. And we get a, um, I can't remember what they called the the, the previously unknown, um, the the previously unknown uh, stories that have some would call retconned into uh, uh, into the into the the current canon, but yes. So there was a, a formerly unknown story from the time of uh, Superior Spider-Man that leads into uh, the revelation of a new character who is probably going to give. Uh, uh, Spidey uh, run for his money um, who technically is going after the wrong person but we're not going to get into all of that but like I said I don't want to also spoil it there's a I want to believe there's a real genius um, reference in here I want to believe that so hard because I love real genius and if that's not then I don't know what to tell you um, but yes we will see that coming out of this um I guess going into Superior Spider-Man is going to be this new character who's going to pretty much give Spidey and some would argue 
with a little bit of a spoiler, the Human Torch, a little bit of problems possible. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, it has something to do with something uh, that uh, Doc Ock made up while he was inhabiting Peter's body, which is a weird thing to say at this day and age, but it's comics. Um, Benji says the the hand artwork looks kind of sloppy. I, you know what? It was not distracting enough for me, but I get where I'm pretty sure uh, Agent 70 might probably agree with you on that because uh, he kind of digs into the art a little bit more closer than I am. Like if it's enough to be distracting, I will definitely notice it. But if it's, if it was, you know, enough to where I was like, all right, you know, it, it wasn't distracting to, to me, then I have less of a problem. I might bump up on it if it's like hard to read. Definitely. You know, but I don't recall getting that sense, uh, in here, but yeah, like I can see where that can be levied against it. So, you kind of, you kind of, kind of wonder whether this was uh, the whole left side of the hand. Oh, that you talking about the um, for the cover? Yeah, I did notice that. Even this part the, with the hand, the outstretched hand. Yeah. Um. Oh, actually, I think that's what you're talking about. Yeah, that whole part. I get what you're saying. Yeah, that I did notice that, but I didn't think too much about it. Um, but yeah, that does look very weird and actually kind of spidery. So maybe, I don't know if that was intentional or not. Um, who is to say the artist, but they're not going to <laughs> say anything at this point. Um, <clears throat> and actually while we're at it, I will pop up with here's the Ken Lashley variant of that. Which actually is a, a color I do know. Both hands look strange. Yeah, I see. I noticed. I, I noticed the one hand before the other. So, um, yeah, I was like, so I do. I did catch that part. <laughs> but I thought you were talking about the interior stuff. But yeah, um, so that's um, yeah, that was yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Here's a Kamakoli uh, variant. Actually, I'm going to zip through a couple of these real quick because I wish I had these in order. That would be easier to do. Um, I'm brought to Ramos, Ramos's cover. Uh, and I think that's it. Because, yeah, like I said, I do need to push on, so I shouldn't be, I shouldn't, uh, but I bet it's too, too much. But, yeah, that's the original cover right there. <laughs> that's funny uh, but next book <clears throat> excuse me I'm in the wrong place haha is uh, Spider-Man India which rounds out the uh, spider corner I should have put this in some sort of uh, numbered order that is a fault of mine uh, there we go Spider, uh, Spider India number five of five, uh, which is written by Nikesh Shukla, uh, art by Tatum or Tatum, uh, Gyadu. My apologies if I'm butchering that name. Uh, inks by Scott Hanna and Elizabeth Damico. Uh, D'Amico, excuse me. Colors by D. Kunif and Niraj Minan, and letters by VCs Joe Karamania. I sound silly. 
uh, when I say, and, and I don't mean to when I say names because I feel like I'm butchering them. <clears throat> Excuse me. But yeah, this is the last issue of this story, which if that cover, if you're watching the video version and you see the cover of it, seems kind of familiar because Spidey, especially um, cinematically, has been put in similar situations. Which, by the way, going back to that Superior Spider-Man Returns book, there's some definite, um, let's just say, cinematic over t- uh, references um, in that book. Because if you think about anything I just said and seen any of the pre- uh, previous Spider Spider movies that may or may not have a, uh, the character in question, you may you may have an idea of what I'm talking about if you remember enough of it. But anyway, back to Spider-Man India. Um, so yeah, Spider-Man India, Pav, Pavesh, uh, or Pav, I can't, I can't remember his full name, but um, uh, ends up fighting or refighting against the lizard and this, basically this CEO bro who was trying to tear down his um, neighborhood. I almost called him an Elon Musk-esque character, but I don't know if that might be an insult to this character or uh, fuck Elon Musk. I don't give a fuck about him, but um, but kind of that kind of a dude. <laughs> At this point, I think Spider-Man's costume has to be made out of paper mache. Guy barely is able to. Yeah, pretty much. So here's the funny thing about that: his suit does get. I've Kind of a very classic, I guess now kind of classic Spidey thing happens in where, yeah, he gets into a fight so bad that his, his suit gets ripped up um, to the point that you can see his face. I'm st- I'm going to spoil that for it. And I'm kind of surprised that the people who knew him did not, or I think he saw, well, there was a panel where he ran up on somebody that he did know who would have known his face. You would think they would have recognized him in this, but I think another person did. Regardless, uh, Pav gets a new suit out of this at the end of it. So spoiler for alert, alert for that. Um, and it, let's just say this new suit kind of keeps into modern traditions of uh, Spidey costumes, or at least in certain uh, a certain section of Spidey uh, costumes with certain Spidey characters. And it's kind of funny because it's also still kind of baffling why they do this. Uh, and if you see the costume you'll understand what I'm talking about. Um, let's just say. But otherwise, otherwise, it was a pretty decent ending. I think I've read this in the last issue, which I don't remember reading when it came out, back to back, so at least I could get an idea of what was going on with this. Um, now, where Pav goes, goes from here on out, who's to say? We'll probably show up some kind of way... Uh, but he also got his uh, swagger back a little bit because that was pretty much the point of him, of this story in the first place. Because it was like, why am I doing this for? As every spider tends to do. Uh, it was that kind of a story. And at the end of this, he figured it out. So, congrats to Pav. Um, next up is Avengers number six. Oh, I got scared there for a second. I'm like, what the hell happened? There we go. Um, written by Jed McKay, uh, art by uh, Ivan Fiorelli, color artist Federico Blee, letters by VCs Corey Pettit, or, or Petit. Um, it's Pettit. Um, there's, I feel like there's a Bruno Mars reference in the beginning of this <clears throat> that I should not know, but yet, uh, here we are. But that was a popular song, but whatever. Um, 
so yeah, this is um, the Avengers fighting against the Ashen Combine, and they're starting to get the upper hand in this issue. Uh, starting to starting to take control of the situation. Uh, and at the end of this, in a very X Factor like fashion, let's just say they end up with a new, they end up with a new. Um, Um, new new place to stay, as well as um, you know, a, a new supporting character. Let's just say, you know, because if uh, if it's not the Avengers, if the home doesn't, you know, the home situation doesn't get take care of, uh, they get seem to get, get into weirder and weirder places. And the reason why I mentioned X Factor because we've talked about this in the previous issues. The whole thing, I don't I. I would want to ask Jed McKay, but I don't know if that would be an insult to do so is whether he was influenced or inspired by, uh, the initial run of X factor. Um, cause if you know what ends up happening in that book involving uh, a similar situation, you can understand why I say that I put it that way. That being said, yeah, that's that. So, um, Tony ends up copying, Copying an ability from one of his teammates, which is kind of interesting. Um, so Tony, you know, uh, not above, you know, flattering imitation or just outright stealing, <laughs> to which he got questioned about in his issues. So that was kind of uh, amusing to me. Um, also, I say, as I say in my notes, a Justice League move because, like, yeah, I guess they, they kind of, kind of did that. So, anyway. My notes, I I write weird notes. I can say, <laughs> if you if you if you've um, checked out the the show notes at, at times and check out my notes, you're like, wow, you give away a lot, but also you seem to be having a time. Uh, next up, though, as I do, I want to do this. So yeah, that's the Mark Brooks cover art for this or cover for that. I love those cover to cover box arts. They need to bring back cover boxes also. Uh, let Mark Brooks uh, do cover boxes. Say what I said. Uh, Joshua Swabby cover for Avengers. I like that one. That's actually pretty cool. And I'll just do one more really, really quick. Because, yeah, like I said, I don't uh, Oh, geez. I look at what time it was. Okay, yeah, I didn't need to push this. Uh, Blade number four. Because <laughs> this is longer than the last time. And I had more books. And I have a lot of books this time also. So, yeah. Uh, Blade number four, written by Brian Hill, of which there is some news coming out of um, um, uh, near Comic Con about a an, about a, an, a thing he's doing. Uh, so shout out to current guest, I mean not current show, uh, former guest of the show Brian Edward Hill uh, for his uh, his uh, his upcoming uh, new book. Uh, but yeah, written by Brian Hill, art by Valentina Pinti and Elena Casagrande. Uh, color artist KJ Diaz, letters by Corey VC's Corey Pettit. This is a particular click of the week for, uh, for me, you know, because if I know Brian Hill's style of writing, it leads leads you to anything. It's kind of cinematic, uh, in an action movie kind of way, and I and I appreciate that with certain stuff. This is one of them. Uh, so yeah, Blade. Um, well, I don't know if he enlisted the help of Doctor Strange, but Doctor Strange pretty much uh, is helping Blade with the thing. Partially because he's kind of upset with um, 
he's kind of salty with Blade because of what happened. Because Blade let let loose this uh, this ancient evil that that Blade's trying to uh, put back in the bottle or get rid of outright. And Doctor Strange is like, yeah, you let this on, you got to deal with it. But I'm gonna help you sit here and help you for a minute. So, so yeah, he was kind of kind of a little spicy. This <laughs> Doctor Strange was, but it all leads to um, an interesting action packed book um oh issue including some um um well basically i guess the side mission ends up going off with 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 very much a lot of hit without a hitch but in the vein of black uh knight which is also kind of funny if you think mcu wise uh blade is now in possession of something that could potentially possess him if he's not careful so we shall see how that plays out uh, in the coming issues. Uh, let's see. Moon Knight, City of, uh, City of the Dead, number four of five is my next book. Bing. There we go. Uh, written by David Pippos. Uh, Pippos. Excuse me. Pencils by Marcelo Ferreira. Inks by Jay Lyston, color artist Rochelle Rosenberg, and Ferris Fuentes, which is a typo, uh, Jr. <clears throat> uh, Suju, excuse me. I'll, I'll change that later. Letters by VCs uh, Corey Pettit. So, um, a slight MCU vacation going on here because, you know, uh, Moon Knights ends in the City of the Dead, the Duat. Uh, with Scarlet Spider, Scarlet Scarlet Scarab, excuse me, who is actually you know Layla from the MCU show, uh, and Layla in this comic book, um, as uh, you know, as, as things tend to happen. So I suspect Layla in this form is probably going to end up back in Moon Knight's book sooner rather than later, or the, even though I guess the current run is about to get. Um, uh, is about to end in, in a few issues, but I suspect that that's going to happen. If it doesn't, I'll be shocked. But uh, Mark is pretty much being slowly digested over a thousand years, uh, if you know that reference. But, um, you know, got, dealing with a, bu- a bunch of things, including memories, uh, while Layla is trying to um, shepherd the object of Mark's mission out of uh, the, 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 the city of the dead, but is met with opposition. But of course, in true Dragon Ball fashion, uh, Moon Knight come back, comes back with a vengeance. So uh, leading to the next issue, which is going to be the last of this uh, miniseries. The next book for me is Guardians of the Galaxy number seven. Written by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing, also former uh, guests of the show. Art by Kev Walker. The typos are rampant tonight. What am I been doing? Uh, color artist Matt Hollingsworth and letters by VCs Corey Pettit. So, Hulkling and Wiccan end up going to the fold uh, to see what's going on out there with Group Fall and I guess try to find the, the Guardians at the same time. Uh, well, mission accomplished uh and now they have to go back and try to keep the galactic council away from the place but the problem with that is part of the council is um 
uh, Spartax, which is led by uh, Peter Quill's sister, who don't really care too much for him, one. And uh, dealings earlier in this series of the book kind of has uh, has them at odds with with uh, with the Guardians, or I guess Peter uh, in general. So that's uh, may or may not go too well. I'm probably going to see another uh, uh, a little um, head bumping at some point soon. <clears throat> also. The Guardians are in a slightly different state, but Group Fall gets explained a little further. So, I guess just to, to waylay some fears or whatnot, I'm not sure. But basically, there's an out. Seemed like that has been explained in this issue. That is probably going to happen at some point. Um, but we shall see. Next book is Star Wars Dark Droids number three of four. Uh, this event that has uh, taken, not necessarily taken over uh, the Star Wars corner of the uh, the universe, but it's definitely floating through it, and will be until next year. Like since, since uh, until December looks like from what I saw from the reading list. Um, so yeah, um, it's written by Charles Soule, with art by Luke Ross, colors by Alex Sinclair. And letters by VCs Travis Lanham. So, oh boy, um, there's the thing. There's a thing that's been taking over droids this whole time that has come out of this other thing, which I don't remember reading. So I'm not even going to try to try to. That has something to do with something that Kira let out a while back. Go figure. But regardless, we this thing that we're going to call the Scourge that's been taking over droids has been seeking a way to meld um, human life with with uh, droid life. And he got it in him to say, oh, let's look into the cyborgs of this universe and see if they can help me out here. Well, he's been going after Darth Vader, and that didn't work out too well in this issue uh, between this and Darth, 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 the most recent Darth Vader book. But he uh, seems to be... Uh, Things seems to be working out for him on that front. Let's just say uh, that's go- I guess going to carry on into the rest of this um, into the rest of this event. There's these free droids that is always, was also um, opposing uh, this scourge, but didn't fare too well. Also, so but they're still around in the picture, and the rebellion is kind of now has wind of this thing. Which is also taking care of taking over C three PO and Lobot. I think at this point, which I may have missed the, the when Lobot got taken over, but I've probably read it. I can't remember. Um, but regardless, that is a thing, and this is going to be a thing for a for the next couple of months. So buckle up, folks. Next book, <clears throat> Met Cadets number three. Is my book? There we go. Uh, written by Greg Pak. Illustrated by Takeshi Miyazawa, uh, love his art. Colors by Ian Herring, love his colors. Uh, and letters by Simon Bolin. I don't know too much about him. So yeah, Met Cadets are trying, basically trying to save um, one of the, the pilots' uh, dad, who is the general. Um, um, but kind of doesn't work out that way. But they are sent back to Earth to kind of regroup. 
and end up being quarantined. But of course, some folks uh, are not having that as they, you know, think to go their own way, but not before at least the sense attempted to be um, talked into them by one Skip Tanaka. If you know who that is in, in, in the story, then you've read Mechadet. You, congratulations. And or you've probably seen the Netflix um, show, which I still haven't seen all of, and I, and I probably should, just to see how that turned out. <clears throat> but yeah, the story still it continues to be okay. Um there might be a little something blossoming between a couple of characters. Uh, uh, that that seems to be the case. And the focus has been taken away slightly, but it, I guess it was in the original book also away from Stanford Yu, who was the main character of, of Met Cadet Yu, but it was still in the end here. But uh, obviously the focus is on the the whole group as, as opposed to him. But I don't think Met Cadet Yu was strictly on him either. So, you know, just kind of continuation of that story. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles versus Street Fighter. I'm sorry for getting loud there, folks. But hey, you gotta say, if you're gonna say Street Fighter, you gotta say it. You just gotta have it. You gotta say it with some gusto. Um, I wish I had the soundbite for it. And actually I do, but um, I don't have it hooked up. Anyway, uh, this is number four of five, written by Paul um, Allor or Allor. Uh, with art by Aria Medell, colors by uh, Sarah Meyer, letters by Ed Dukeshire. So, of course, if you have a story where the turtles are involved, at some point, Shredder comes into play. If you're watching the video version, you know, you can see that. Um, and he comes in and kind of messes up, kind of messes up the program for, for uh, Baxter Stockman and uh, Bison. And pretty much got Baxter Stockman shook, but he's been shook the whole time. So that's, <laughs> that's that's neither here nor there but bison's not phased and he's still continuing on with his plan and um yeah the, he ain't got it all there but uh which leads to the um the turtles and the street fighters i guess to have to try to figure out a way to uh deal with what uh what uh bison's planning which has to do which has something to do with where the um Turtles rest their heads and a bomb. You can put two and two together on that one. I guess I spoiled it, but it's worth a read, so it's pretty good. Um, the no, the hunger in the darkness, number three. I can find you. You're under H, aren't you? I bet you are. Yes, you are. There you go. The Hunger and the Darkness, The Hunger and the Desk, excuse me, number three, written by G. Willow Wilson, uh, art by Chris Wildgoose, colors by Miss Seek, and letters by, once again, uh, Simon Boland. So, I'm not sure if you may or may not know much about this book, but if you've been here the last couple of times I've talked about it, um, then... If you like what I said, then you'll like it. But just kind of a brief recap. So this is a world where the humans and the orcs were kind of at odds, but there's this other faction that's pretty much uh, trying to take them all out called the, um, oh, what are they called? I got it here. The Vangol that's kind of cropped up after a long period of time and seeking to take out everybody. And they have ways of getting around that uh, folks don't know about until now anyway. Um, 
the humans and the orcs have an alliance of which there is um, an orc healer named Tara with a human um, fighting company called the last last man standing, which I feel like there's going, that's going to be an actual thing when this is all said and done more than not, but we shall see how that plays out. Cause if I already lost somebody already, uh, and on the other side of this, um, Tara's cousin, who is, I guess, a, a chieftain of the orcs or something. He's some high up uh, head of the orcs. Just got married to another orc, uh, I guess, an arranged marriage. But they seem to be hitting it off quite well uh, in uh, in this issue or in the last couple of issues at that. So I hope nothing bad happens there because, yeah, I, I that's been a thing. Tara and the head of the human um, fighting company whose name is Cal. Um, well, so there's a little bit of setback on that point because like I said, the, the fighting company lost a, lost a person, which, you know, this most, the majority of this issue are, is that both parties are mourning losses, but some information gets gained out of uh, what happens, something that happens in this book. And a character kind of feeling a certain way about what happened and, uh, you know, kind of needed to be consoled about it. But, you know, humans are humans. What, what can we say? But that kind of starts to get get um, worked out towards the end of this issue. So, but yeah, this is a continuing to be a pretty good bit. I love G. Willow Wilson the, um, enough to try to say I didn't read Poison Ivy, but that doesn't mean I you know I, I didn't want to I just hadn't but like I, said, I have been enjoying this so far I believe this is a this is an M this is an IDW book excuse me uh, so if you are a kind of a you know D&D kind of fandom you and anything I just said um, is uh, of interest to you check the book out it's pretty good Last but not least, as a good lord, I'm hitting two minutes and two hours, 30 minutes. This is crazy. Um, Green Lantern number four, which is the book I alluded to earlier. There we go. Written by Jeremy Adams with art by Zermanico. Colors by Romulo Fajardo Jr. and letters by Dave Sharp. So there's a brave and a bold team up. If you're watching the video version, you can see the um, the, uh, the the cover for this with uh, Green Lantern and the Flash. That's Barry Allen, the Flash, by the way. Um, uh, teaming up against uh, Shin- Sinestro shenanigans because Sinestro was coming uh, to look for Hal Jordan for a reason, which didn't work out too well for him. Uh, and some stuff that I'm still not entirely sure about what's been going on in the Green Lantern corner of the DC Universe. Um, coming, going from, I assume, coming, um, well, recently, probably from Dark Crisis, definitely, because that was footnoted in this book, but probably from since Future State, because I read some Future State, but like I said, kind of lost the thread of some stuff. Um, and I'm not sure how connected a lot of that stuff is coming into the dawn of DC and their and DC's new initiative, but I assume a lot of it is. Regardless, um, like I said, the the um, the Lantern uh, Flash team up is pretty good, uh, but it kind of leads into some uh, some continual. I assume to continue working together in the next issue or so. I'm not entirely sure. 
Um, but definitely some problems for how, for how Jordan, um, uh, thanks to Sinestro. Uh, speaking of Sinestro, the backup story has to do with another of Sinestro's children, I guess. I'm not entirely sure. Again, there's some DC stuff I don't know about because as far as I know, he has a child and she was a yellow lantern, I think, or a green lantern, one of the two. She was a lantern for sure. I think I feel like they were together at one point. Um, but now this is a, another kid who is claiming to be Sinestro, Sinestro's kid. Um, don't know. Don't know much about it, but I guess maybe this is going to shed some shed some light on it and probably fold back into this Green Lantern book. Maybe the reason why Sinestro, now that I think about it, is doing what he's doing, because Sinestro is basically trying to get off planet, which is, uh, Earth is quarantined at this point, and so uh, apparently what he said is it's kind of hard for, you know, uh, people to travel to and fro. Um, easily because of the quarantine, thanks to the the, um, the, the powers that be, uh, who have taken over, you know, uh, the leadership of the or the the lanterns, the leadership of the, of the lanterns, of which Hal is not one anymore. But he's, he somehow he has his own ring for reasons that I don't remember being explained too well. Regardless, um, I'm sure all of that's going to uh, come to a head at some point. But we also get a little bit of emotional growth from Hal Jordan. Just a little bit. Not much, because don't be crazy. Um, but yeah, this is a potential click of the week for me. Um, and I enjoyed it. Speaking of uh, potential clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. But also, just for giggles, because I can. Um, so yeah, clicks of the week. Like I said, Green Lantern is a potential click of the week. Um, Hunger and Dusk was pretty good. Uh, what was my other one? I believe that was... It looks at my notes, actually. Uh, Blade 4 was actually a potential click of the week. Um, Avengers was good, also. I read a lot. And, you know, if that wasn't apparent. Uh, so, but I think, oh, actually, hold on. I need to see something real quick. I did put a call out for clicks a week, uh, and I almost didn't because I feel like nobody was going to give one anyway. And I was right. So, yeah. But, hey, you got to do diligence, I guess. If I, if I didn't, somebody would have said something. Um... But nobody paid me an attention, so that's fine. Uh, so it's all just me. Uh, when Age of Seventy gets back next week, if you read anything from this week, he can he can give uh, give his if he has anything, if he's even read anything. I don't know. Uh, blip 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 blop. Let's just go ahead and go with just kind of keep this pushing because it was a good book, all, regardless. I mean, also, also but. Um, I know Green Lantern. Hmm. Hmm. I, I, I very much enjoyed Green Lantern 4. Um, you know. But. Hmm. It's either this. It's either Green Lantern or Blade 4. Number 4. 
And I keep wanting to push for Blade 4 because I did enjoy that quite a bit. Um, enough to even have it listed as a potential click of the week where I don't uh, with Green Lantern. So, you know what? In an unprecedented move, I'm actually going to go with Green Lantern number four. There we go. We put that in its rightful place. Boom, yeah. We are going to do one last ad read of the night, and it is for Amazon. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us, then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel, Legends, or Star Wars Black Series figures. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. So, yes, folks, that is uh, brings us to the end of this Here Come Chronicles. We will be back by the time you hear this, if you want to hear this in audio form in, in a few days. Um, or even if you're watching this after after Sunday, which is this is being recorded. Or if you, if you watch it tonight, which, yeah. Uh, see, I'm going to try to put this out here, and I'm going to say that I have been Radicat. You can find me at Radicat on Twitter. You can find me at Newsnews Twitter. Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. Uh, Agent underscore Seven on Twitter and Instagram and Threads. PC underscore Dirt on Twitter. Pop Culture Network on Twitter. Pop Culture Network.com is all the umbrella sites therein. If you're still doing that, I think. Uh, and Tim D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter. Um, CB Cron on Twitter, which is the Combo Chronicles Twitter account. Uh, the Click Nation on Twitter. That's T-H-E-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N, all one word. TheClickNation.com. And also, uh, definitely most importantly, over at comicbook.com, which I assume if he's back uh, off of his hiatus, is probably doing some uh, New York Comic Con writing. I don't know. I have to check. Um, but, um, yeah. Um, check him out. Comicbook.com, uh, where he's over there writing his face off under Tim Timothy Adams. Uh, you could find this here podcast on the coast of the podcast network, the CSPN.us. Good to know. You could also find us. I don't know why I did that. You could also find us on your podcast, Proves of Place of Choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coast of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. You could also find us recording every th- mostly every Thursday night, 9.30-ish uh, Eastern Standard Time on the uh, YouTube channel of The Click Nation. That's youtube.com slash The Click Nation and twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles. Uh, like, subscribe, smash that like button, do all that stuff. You know, um, I guess five stars, you know, thumbs up on the YouTube, please. Appreciate it. Um, uh, you know, like I said, hey, five star on Apple Podcasts if you like what, like what you're doing, what we're doing. This has been The Comic Book Chronicles. Peace. Um, and uh, said would say peace one, but I'm just going to say. Okay, lady, I love you. Bye-bye.